Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Carson, between our awesome time at AirVenture this year and seeing the Pacific Air Show in action just a few weeks ago, I realized how many awesome airplanes we've seen throughout the years, I mean, independently and together. And I want to talk about some of those flights that either we've done in certain types of airplanes um, or some planes that we just think are really, really cool. Uh, I know I've got several that are kind of on my my checkout list um, and ones that I've flown and I really love. And there's a few that I've seen at air shows that I'm just like amazed that they can do the things they do. So I want to talk about some of those things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was something that was very, very cool uh, that I got to do maybe about a month ago. Um, I actually got to fly a Grumman Albatross. Uh, it's a it's a very large twin uh, multi-engine seaplane. And if you've never seen one, go Google it right now. You're not going to be disappointed in seeing it. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, to get invited because I had my multi-engine seaplane rating. Uh, invited to go uh, to go fly this airplane up north uh, and bring it over to the to the Reno Air Races. So w- me and another pilot, we got to fly this all the way up there. We landed in. Um, in Lake Tahoe up there and just had a total and complete blast, uh, just hanging out, sitting on the water, uh, looking at the boats go around us. There's a bunch of boats and jet skis looking around and seeing how it was. But I have to say the first time I landed the airplane, I was very surprised because this was the biggest airplane I've ever flown. I mean, I think it's 36,000 pounds. Uh, so I was getting trained as a SIC, uh, in this airplane and I flew it out of Chino airport and we took off and we went over to uh, to the practice area, and I could not believe how docile this plane was. I mean, it didn't climb very fast, that's for sure. Um, it, it was kind of a little unnerving how slow it climbs, to be honest. But once it gets in the air, it flies really docile and, and nice, and it limbers around. I want to see how it stalled and how the single engine characteristics were on it, and it was very, very docile airplane. Uh, I really couldn't believe how much fun it was to fly. And the first time landing and then putting on the reversers, uh, that was really, really cool. I mean, you could literally back this plane up if you really wanted to. So it was a pretty fantastic thing to fly. That's crazy. Um, I, I You told me about what kind of plane this was, and I looked at the pictures of it, but I had no idea how immense this plane is um, until you started really talking about it and telling me about it. Like, this, this thing is an absolute behemoth of an airplane, and for it to be able to... For it to be able to land, you know, in water, uh, for it to have reversers and for it to weigh so much is absolutely crazy. Um, so I, yeah, I'm pretty jealous you didn't take me with you, and uh, <laughs> I wish I got to go on that one too. One day you'll be able to go. And uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that we talked about. When you get more licenses, it kind of unlocks more doors for you to go and fly cooler planes and fly different planes. And once I got my private pilot. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was fly something that was, in my eyes, cooler than a 172 right off the bat. That's not very hard, obviously, but a 172 is a pretty cool airplane to learn to fly. I mean, I've flown a bunch of little airplanes, and 172 is pretty cool, so don't discount it too much, Carson. There's way, a lot of people that fly 172s <laughs> listen to our podcast. <laughs> it's a great little plane. It's a good trader airplane. It's pretty versatile. It'll you know get you where you need to go for sure, and it'll last a while. It's a pretty good airplane. But right after that, I wanted to go and fly the Arrow. And uh, the flight school I was trained at had an Arrow with an all-glass panel. Beautiful airplane. And I'd always seen that airplane 
thought, you know, once I once I earn my private pilot certificate, then I feel like I'll earn the right to go and check out that airplane. Um, you know, I was training on steam gauges. I felt like I'd earn the right to have a glass panel for once and just kind of get upgrades in, in what I was working on. And I also wanted to feel the difference between a low wing and a high wing. And I know there's not a ton of differences, especially someone that's flown as many cool planes as you have. <laughs> but for me, there was a pretty big difference um, in their aerodynamics. And, you know, you can't really chop and drop uh, both planes in the same manner. And once I started flying the arrow, that's when I kind of realized there's pretty cool planes out there. And that was definitely just the beginning of them. And by the way, when Carson says chop and drop, he's referring to like a an engine out scenario where you just you pull the power all the way out and you see where you're going to land and where you're going to land should be the spot that you picked out. And uh, in a 172, when you chop and drop, uh, you'll chop that power out and you'll still have quite a bit of gliding distance, but uh, there's, but yeah, and you'll even float down the runway uh, most of the time. But with a Piper arrow, some people say that it's a glide ratio is similar to a brick. Uh, You just drop it and it, and it falls down. I've flown enough airplanes or, over my time where I've realized the arrow actually glides pretty well compared to several other planes that I've flown. So it doesn't quite drop like a brick, uh, but it, it does drop a lot faster than that 172. Well, in my eyes, it was a completely different airplane um, in the way that it flew. And once I started flying it and once I started going back and forth in between them based on where I needed to fly and what I what was available to me, that's when I realized that a lot of planes are actually really similar um, and I could switch in between you know, at least four or five different kinds of airplanes going from an Arrow to a Warrior to a Cherokee 6 to a 172 to a 152, and I can fly them all, you know, without any big issues between them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one airplane that uh, that does fall like a brick falling out of the sky happens to actually be my Icon A5, uh, which is one of my favorite airplanes to fly, and that's why I want to talk about it today. Uh, I like this airplane for years and years and years since it came out. Uh, or even when it was a concept airplane before it even really came out. Uh, so I wanted to learn how to, to fly this airplane and eventually get one. And, and I, I found a way to do it eventually, obviously. But it was an uphill battle for a couple of years trying to find one, trying to buy it. All, all of those things weren't easy. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to do before I committed myself to it was to get a demo flight in it. So about a year and a half ago, I called up Icon. And I said, hey, I want to do a demo flight in your airplane at Oshkosh. And they said, oh, yeah, no problem. And they gave me an address to some place that was like 10 or 20 miles away from the airport in the middle of some lake. And they said, oh, just come over here, bring your family with you, and you can come test fly this airplane. I said, okay, that sounds great. Uh, so I got there. They got me a really, really small instructor to go with me because the useful load isn't that good. And uh, he and I went and flew the airplane around. We step taxied it, which just basically means you turn it into a jet ski. Uh, we step taxied it. We took off. We landed on the water. He showed me some of the stall characteristics, uh, which were kind of unparalleled to anything I've ever flown. You could pretty much stall this airplane in a power on or power on stall, and it'll pretty much keep on climbing, really, even in a stall. And it doesn't even have that much power. It just pushes you forward, pushes you up. Uh, so it's a really, really good airplane, and it's I, I wouldn't say impossible to spin, but it's pretty pretty darn close to impossible to even spin the airplane, um, which was which was an awesome feature uh, of the airplane. But there's lots of airplanes like that that, that I've got to fly. I'm going to mention a couple other ones. One was that AirCam. AirCam on Amphibs was just a treat to fly. I just remember the first time I took off on that airplane, it was nothing like I've ever flown before because 
it just jumps off the runway. I mean, you put in the power in a small 172 or something and put in the power, you mosey down the runway a thousand feet and you take off or whatever it is, right? With that air cam, it was more like a couple hundred feet and then it literally leaps off the runway and you're in like a straight, it felt vertical climb. It obviously was not vertical, but it felt like a real vertical climb. Uh, and then it loses all its airspeed and then you have to level the nose off. Uh, it's a really weird airplane to take off in. But after you get used to it, after like two takeoffs, uh, I didn't think that it was that big of a deal whatsoever. And what was the open cockpit like in that thing? Um, you know, flying and landing down the water, like, do you have like spray in your face when you're flying it or was it like? No, there was no, there was no spray or anything like that. Actually, you get more of that in the icon, believe it or not. Uh, especially if you have the windows, windows out in the icon with the open cockpit on the twin air cam, there was no spray or anything because you're sitting so far forward. Um, the engines and everything are pretty far back. And this airplane was originally meant to have a camera on the front of it before helicopters and things were able to do the crazy things that they do in like the jungle. So that's what this airplane was created for. It's called an air cam and it, it meant for an air camera. That's what it was designed for originally. So with the cockpit and you sitting so far forward, when you touch the water, the water is really like five feet behind you when it finally settles and you're actually sitting pretty high up. I don't know exactly how high up, but I don't know. I would say probably five feet off of the water. So you're pretty high up compared to, I don't know, any other seaplanes. In, in the Icon, you're only up like, I, don't know, I think it's 12 or 14 inches off the water. It's not very far uh, whatsoever, but that air cam, you're high, pretty high up. So there's no splash or splatter. But speaking of the, uh, the, the open cockpit, the coolest thing I got to do was actually from where I did my training to flying up to Jack Brown's where I did my check ride. And I actually got, the thing doesn't fly very fast, by the way. It's a very slow airplane. Like one of the slowest you could fly. Not even joking. Skipper? No, it's slower than a skipper. Slower uh -huh. than a skipper. Uh, so it, it flies really slow, but it was flying so slow that we could actually see bald eagles soaring in Southern or central Florida. And I've never seen, I think I've seen a bald eagle once or twice before, but never really that close. And you could see bald eagle soaring while you're outside an open cockpit. That happened to probably be one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in an airplane. And I've told people about that. Just soar. You're literally soaring with bald eagles. Uh, it was a really neat experience. And I don't think I would trade that experience for anything. Carson, are there any airplanes that really get your attention at, on the air show circuit or anything like that? Yeah, there's one that my dad's pointed out to me ever since I was a little kid. Uh, it was the Corsair. He's always pointed out to it. He's always said, that's my favorite plane. I love that thing. That one's pretty cool. And he really just wants to go look at it, wants to you know fly it. He said, you know, if it's a, you could get me a ride in that thing before I die. That'd be awesome. And so I did some research and found out that you know, originally, uh, in the 1940s, they built about 12,000 of them, uh, I think like 12,500. And right now there's only 30 of them left total. That's it. And 10 of them are flyable. And of those 10, we saw about four or five of them at Oshkosh. So you bet I took a picture in front of every one of them for my dad and took pictures of all of them. And it's like, look what I found for you. So th those things have always caught my attention. Just they've been pointed out to me so much and their iconic design with that yeah, but that iconic design of that wing, it's just so easy to find, and you can always <clears throat> you can always notice it every time you see it. And uh, it's just an absolutely beautiful behemoth of an airplane, that, just massive ones. Um, so, of course, that one's going to catch my attention. And I know you've had some pretty cool experiences flying some, some big airplanes, some big military trainer airplanes. So we want to talk about that T-6 you got to fly? 
Oh yeah. So I was actually really blessed. I had several employees all uh, went together and got me a gift for my 30th birthday. And uh, no one, no one ever gets me gifts besides maybe my close family members. So it was really special that everyone kind of got together and they pulled some cash together and they got me this one hour flight or ride or whatever you want to call it in a T6. And I couldn't even believe it. I was so amazed that people even cared enough about me to get that uh, because I'm normally the guy I, I always like to go out and I, I buy everyone Christmas presents and things like that. And, and to get this cool birthday present that a lot of people thought about was just, that was probably more special than the actual, uh, the flight in the T6, to be honest. But when I got here to go fly that T6 and they put a parachute on me, because we we're going to do some, some loops and barrel rolls. Um, I was extremely excited. Um, I got in that airplane. I didn't know what I was doing in that airplane. It was the first time I ever flew in a, in a warbird type airplane before. And um, I had a total blast with my instructor who took me up in it. Uh, he wouldn't let me take off or land. I don't even think I had a tailwheel rating at the time. Uh, but he was an instructor, so he put it in my logbook as dual dual instruction given. So technically, I got like an hour, hour and a half, whatever it was, in a T6. We did my first break in that. So we flew over the runway really high speed, and we made a left or a right turn, whatever way it was, uh, and broke over the runway. Uh, it was just absolutely phenomenal and amazing. So uh, I really enjoyed flying that airplane. That's for sure. And especially doing all the loops and barrel rolls and stuff. Uh, he made it a really special flight for me. Uh, but besides that, there's one other airplane I want to talk about today before we before we wrap it up. And it happens to be my favorite airplane that's on the the flight circuit right now. And it's called the Yak 110. It's two Yak 55, they're Warbird type airplanes, two Yak 55s. They're cut in the middle of one wing and the other wing. And then they threw a jet engine in the middle of the two. So this airplane, I've seen it do an inverted flat spin. Go ahead and read Google that if you don't know what inverted flat spin is, but it's a very hard maneuver to get out of. And he'll use differential thrust to spin the airplane around and around one way or the other. And then they'll stop it with, with differential thrust on the other side. And the way they power out of it is to power up the jet engine that's strapped in between the two airplanes. So it's got two tail wheels on it. It's got four wheels in the front, a jet engine, and two normal engines. It's the most crazy airplane you'll ever see in your life. Uh, and you can even, they have a website. It's yak, yak110.com. It is a phenomenal airplane. I've never met the pilot or pilots that have ever flown this. I want to one day. Um, so if they happen to be listening to this, please reach out. I would love to go for a ride in this airplane if it's ever a possibility, uh, because I think it is the number one airplane at every air show. I've probably seen, I don't know, probably 150 different air shows. Um, I've done booths at air shows. I've I've flown um, into air shows and I've been a spectator at, at a ton of them. And I normally don't go and watch the air show anymore. I normally go to these air shows to go meet people and see my friends and, and enjoy the camaraderie of the air show, not necessarily the airplanes anymore. But I'll tell you this, every time I see this airplane, I will stop what I'm doing. I will grab my chair or I will stand up and I will go watch this airplane and I got a glimpse of it. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't make it right on time to the air show in, in uh, Pacific uh, Air Show in Huntington Beach. But I got there right when he was performing. And uh, I wish I could have seen the whole thing. But uh, it, it was phenomenal. Like I, like I said, it's, it has to be my favorite air show airplane out there. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of this. And this is 
absolutely insane airplane. Um, I, it, it's a, you know, like engineering feat that they were able to put this thing together and make it do the things it does. It's, that's phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, we've seen lots of cool airplanes and I, I'm just excited for all the airplanes I get to fly and, you know, as I catch up to you in flight experience. <laughs> and, um, I, I just think that it's so many opportunities out there for us to fly amazing airplanes. My, my answer is you always just say yes to everything. If you tell people no, they won't ask you to do it anymore. And if they say, if, if somebody asks you, Hey, do you want to go fly this? Of course I do. Have you ever flown it before? Of course I have. Let's go fly it together. Uh, the more, the more times you say yes to flying airplanes, as long as it's within your capabilities, you're going to get to fly amazing airplanes, probably with amazing people and, and amazing pilots. I would always say, just keep on saying yes to everybody who invites you to go in a new airplane. I don't care if it's just a different 172 with a different cockpit. It's going to teach you different things. Or if it's a, if it's a, the Yak 110, I mean, it doesn't matter. Something's going to, uh, to be different about this airplane. Uh, go do it. Just say yes to everything. Yeah, I, I can speak to that. I've said yes to, to plenty of different flights and that's got me flights in, uh, like a 2019 182 and, um, things like the Baron or flying a, you know, Cessna 120, you know, flying all sorts of planes just by saying yes to it. So everyone else, thank you so much for listening today and make sure to keep your eye out for all these awesome airplanes that fly over us all the time. Or if there's a local air museum, go check it out. These planes are always just sitting there and it's amazing to go and check them out and look at them. 100% I have to agree. And there's, there's a lot of really, really neat uh, air museums and a lot of them have flyable airplanes. So ask them when they're doing their demo dates and things like that. But if you'd like to reach out to either one of us uh, on Twitter or Instagram, you can reach me at Mr. Martini Guy, or you can reach Carson at, at Carson underscore AV17. And make sure you share some of these memories with us. We really want to hear them. And as we wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys.